the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Whether you're listening from far away or next to beautiful Seneca Lake, we hope that through the reading and proclaiming of Scripture, you hear God's wisdom, challenge, and blessing for you today. If you're able to worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9.30, we at Hector Presbyterian Church would love to share Christ's peace with you. As we prepare to hear the scriptures, let us pray. Sovereign God, let your word rule in our hearts and your spirit govern our lives until at last we see the fulfillment of your realm of justice and peace through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A reading from Psalm 119. Listen, God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn an oath and confirmed it to observe your righteous ordinances. I am se severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept my offerings of praise, O Lord, and teach me your ordinances. I hold my life in my hand continually, but I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, but I do not stray from your precepts. Your decrees are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Here, our second lesson, which is from Luke 12, 22 through 31. Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap, they have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? If then you are not able to do so small a thing as that, why do you worry about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not keep striving for what you are to eat and what you are to drink. Do not keep worrying, 
for it is the nations of the world that strive after all of these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, strive for his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I've entitled the sermon today, The True Test, and you will hear these words in the sermon. The true test of both calling and character is whether we can trust God and act faithfully in times of uncertainty. Jesus said, consider the lilies. Well, I love the orange day lilies that line the road this time of the year. I love lilies in general, but there is something about the wild nature of these bright orange lilies combined with the white daisies and the other wildflowers that is awe-inspiring. These lilies bring back memories. They are a part of my life story. 30 years ago, on July 4th of 1990, I entered the hospital with blood poisoning. It was exactly three weeks to the, to the day that I had brought my first son home from the hospital. I had been up all night trying to breastfeed. My milk was bad, my son was losing weight, and I was extremely sick. Then the throwing up started. And worst of all, I had to hand my newborn son off to my in-laws to care for. I was too sick sick to care for him myself. Well, I was in the hospital five days before they could get a combination of antibiotics that would fight poisoning. The only thing that kept me alive was the cry of a baby. No, it was not my own, but it was a reminder that I had a responsibility. I had someone who needed me. God had given me the responsibility to raise a son. Slowly, I got better. These lilies also bring back another life story. When I was eight years old, I was hospitalized with a high fever. My regular doctor was not available. Mom took me to a new doctor in Seneca Falls. The next thing I knew, I was being walked next door to the hospital. That night, I was scared, uncomfortable, and lonely. I was all by myself in a dark room on a bed of ice designed to bring the fever down. And then the test started and I didn't understand the test and they hurt and I was scared. Finally, I started to get better. I remember a pastor coming and bringing a craft-like gift. I barely had the strength to twist some of the designs. A week or so later, driving home from the hospital with my parents, the orange lilies lined the road most of the way home from Seneca Falls. They were beautiful, and I remember commenting on them to my mother after being in the hospital a week or so with a lovely sight. The orange day lilies remind me of what we call God's chesed. I still have a little trouble saying that, I'm sorry. Chesed is a multi-layered Hebrew word translated as many different words, kindness, steadfast love, loving kindness, or loyalty. But it is more than those words combined. It is lodged in the very character and actions of God. 
and it describes God's steadfast love for us. It is a love that goes above and beyond the call of duty. God's steadfast love would not let me go in those uncertain days of severe sickness. I think that this is what the psalmist was actually talking about in our reading today. The psalmist says, I am severely afflicted. The psalmist went through some very hard times. We don't know exactly what was going on, but it's evident that they felt threatened in some way. There was something going on that was beyond the psalmist's control. How does the psalmist deal with their affliction? The psalmist affirms that God's word is a lamp to their feet and a light to their path. Their study and understanding of God's nature as revealed in God's word assures them that God's steadfast love, God's tested, will not let them go. Surely they also had life experiences that they were drawing on. They had stories from other people that they were drawing on. Their trust in God and thus their faithfulness was based on the combined experience of God's steadfast love, God's tested, and God's revelation of God's self as found in their life, in the life of their community, and in God's creation. Recently, as I was preparing for a Bible study using one of the old Presbyterian Women's Horizon Bible studies about Jonah and Ruth, I came across a key idea expressed by the author. She, or Carol Bechtel, says, the true test of both calling and character is whether we can trust God and act faithfully in times of uncertainty. This sentence caught my attention so much so that I've memorized it and have been saying it over and over to myself. The true test of both calling and character is whether we can trust God and act faithfully in times of uncertainty. Well, we certainly live in uncertain times. If the pandemic has not caused its own degree of fear and trepidation, there is the unrest of riots and civil unrest, as well as weather in the form of tropical storms, flooding, or the lack of water that impacts lives and communities worldwide. The loss of life is staggering. The families affected, unimaginable. The political turmoil that the United States finds itself in and how this is played out in decisions that affect lives, it's almost unreal. If I were not living through it, I would tell you that it would make for a horror movie. Yet, this is real life. Jesus tells us, do not worry. I would say that this is easier said than done, and yet, I remember the orange lilies, and I realize that my life is in God's hands. How are we being called to trust God and act faithfully in these times? How can 
we trust God and act faithfully. It is precisely because our lives are in God's hands. The pandemic, the riots and civil unrest, the weather events and political rivalry are just the tip of the iceberg. The real question is better put, who do we trust, ourselves or God? We kid ourselves when we believe that we are in control. These events have only helped to show us that we are not in control. And that is what frightens us the most. Can we honestly say that we put our trust in God? Can we say that we are faithful when we are not in control? The psalmist says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Both the use of the words feet and path denote a journey. Our lives are a journey, but this is not our journey alone. God is with us. And even when things are dark or times uncertain, God lights the way forward. To the Hebrew people, God's word or Torah was a way of life not just a set of written laws. It was a way of living life that brought life. This Torah piety, as it was called, was made up of two parts. The first part was faithfulness. We see this in the psalm. The psalmist studies God's word and its instruction. In faithfulness, they obey and they follow its precepts. And as they remain faithful in their study and obedience to God's word, their relationship with God grows and transforms everything about them, from themselves as an individual to the way that they relate to others around them and to their care of God's creation. This is true community, the care of not only oneself, but a realization of how we are all intertwined. John Kelvin, one of our first reformers, writes in one of his commentaries on Ephesians that no one person is perfect. We are each allotted a certain measure of grace, a gift, but this gift is only in part. We need each other with each other's gifts. It is only by coming together and helping one another that we become whole. We are perfected in community with each other. Kelvin says, on no one has God bestowed all things, but each has received a certain measure so that we need one another. And by bringing together what is given to them individually, they help one another. The second part of Torah piety is hope. Hope is made up of prayer and waiting. We entrust our lives to God because we understand God's chesed, God's steadfast love for us and for others. We remain faithful in prayer and we wait in trust. So God's steadfast love for us is found in the grace distributed amongst others who contribute their gifts to help each other. Our journeys are interconnected. 
We need each other. You might say that this is easier said than done when we have to socially distance, but I think that God's resources go beyond our own. If we prayerfully entrust ourselves to God and remain faithful to following the precepts in God's word, a way will open. If we allow ourselves to be open to new and creative ways of interacting with each other, in truth, God is lighting the way forward. God is creating new paths and new possibilities. The orange lilies along the road remind me of a part of my life journey when things were dark and yet God provided. You each have stories that are part of your journey. Draw on these stories and the strength they provide. Reach out in new and creative ways to each other. Draw on each other's strength. And together with God to guide us, we will find a way forward because God is chesed. God's steadfast love will not let us go. If you would bow your heads in just a moment of prayer. Dear Lord, we pray that these words may inspire within us our journeys forward as we totally trust in you and do whatever it takes to remain faithful to the ways that you have called us. We lift this up in Jesus' name. Amen.